Welcome to the Northridge Vineyard Podcast. We're a real community of people who are passionate about pursuing God and growing in our relationship with Him. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information and other resources, please visit northridge.org.au. So I wondered if we could start, because, you know, I was speaking to a friend this morning and... um, I said, you know, my life has totally been shaped by God and his love, uh, his love and mercy in my life. It has also truly been shaped by other people who have faithfully lived their life and then been willing to share it with me. So I wondered if we would be a little bit willing to share with each other tonight just about prayer and what prayer has meant to you in your life and your faith journey. So if we, I'm wondering if we'd be brave enough to dive in there and ask that question. Is there, um, because, you know, this series we're talking about are the sacred rhythms, the spiritual rhythms of our walk with Jesus, and prayer is such a part of that when we know and love the Lord. So this is my question to you. Is there something that you have discovered along your journey that has been a helpful way or when you feel like, oh, I don't know how to pray anymore? or um, I've got a bit stuck, or that's been a helpful thing for you, or something that someone else has shared with you, or a scripture that you hold on to, or a prayer that you come back to again and again. So if you want to just put up your hand, my friend MJ is going to come to you. Yes. Wow, yeah, you volunteered. (laughs) Can you say your name first? Because it's It's also helped us to become friends. Hi, I'm Sophie. Hi, Sophie. (laughs) first thing that just popped into my head was don't be afraid to sound really silly. Um, even just praying during worship today, I'm just repeating the same thing over and over again. And um, mm. for a long time, I let that bother me and um, stop me from saying what was on my heart. And I just realized mm. that God's put that on my heart, so if I keep repeating it or if I'm just saying nonsense, it doesn't matter. He understands it. Hmm. Yeah, God speaks fluent nonsense. <laughs> it does. Um, I'm Rob. Uh, I think so. Where to start? My uh, my wife Bonnie and I pray each morning through the um, the armor of God. Uh, and when we began doing that, I was very sceptical, i to be honest with you. Um, it just felt like kind of saying a prayer mm-hmm. and that they didn't really mean anything. Uh, and I was quite surprised to find that after a number of weeks, that each of the items of the armour of God took on meaning just mm-hmm. because we were praying them repetitively. Mm-hmm. And I guess for me, the big thing that I realize I've discovered in many different ways, but that was one example, is that my prayers often lead my mind and not to rely on my mind leading my prayers. My name's Josh, and basically um, on the same sort of line as uh, both of the other two, um, I find with prayer one of the most helpful things for me to remember is to pray what's on my heart not what I feel like, you know, oh, I should pray this or, like, you know, the Bible requires that I pray this. Um, But just really being honest with God and praying what is on your heart, what you need to see breakthrough in, what you're passionate about. But, like, don't pray, you know, some religious prayer or some very great-sounding prayer that 
has nothing behind it. Just be honest and pray openly with what's on your heart. I'm wearing sneakers, I should go faster, sorry. (laughs) I'm Max. Um, So when I was little, my parents and I kind of made up this like, well, our family had this little song. So Mm. every night when we were praying, it was like we sung that and then Mm. was prayer and then there was another little one. And so just having that, that it was just each night, it was we had the same things to start and to finish and that was what we remembered. And then in between, it was just whatever you could think of. And if you couldn't think of anything, well, you still had that beginning and end. That was just the same thing. It was repetitive Mm. and... It was something that definitely did help, and we were at least able to pray that when we just didn't know what to say. Mm. That's wonderful. Yeah, there yeah. was someone else. Harry, Harold. You don't need to say your name now. <laughs> <laughs> just as well. Um, one thing I found exceptionally helpful is just in my prayer time to spend 10 minutes in silence mm. and listen to what God wants to say to me. Because prayer is a two-way thing. Mm. Mm, thank you. I really appreciate that. Thank you, everyone. And I think we're, we're probably all in different places. I thought if we weren't allowed to use the word prayer, and there's another word that you wanted to use to describe what we, we want to speak about tonight, maybe it would be a conversation with God. Maybe that's what the word that we would use to say. And I... Um, I think about it in this way, it's a being with God when we pray and it's about who we're becoming rather than necessarily what we're doing in that moment. And so even though there are some things that we can talk about to do that might help us in this conversation with God, um, it's not prescriptive and it's not you must do this but it's the way that we can encourage each other as we seek to have this ongoing conversation in our lives with the Lord. As I sat and I thought about the gift that prayer is to us as Christians, I uh, I really felt like God impressed on me the fact that just about everything else that we rely on in our faith could be taken away from us, but this can't. So your sight could go and there could be a day when you can't see creation and celebrate the creation that you see. There could be a time when you're not able to access a Bible and to read God's Word. There could be a time when your ability to speak is not something that you can use. And there could be a time when you're isolated from family and friends and the people who have supported you. But I realised actually there's no circumstance, there's no person that could take away this gift that God has given us to have an internal conversation with him. And it made me realise that it's a pretty special gift that was given to us even before... I don't know about you, but I realised I prayed as a child before I even believed in Jesus. So I look back and I think God gave it to me. Somehow I knew, somehow I knew there was something more and I spoke to that something more before I even knew that it was God that I was speaking to. The only way to throw away, is to throw away this gift in a sense. So we have a choice that we could give it up, but it can't be taken away from us. It's a now and for always eternal gift that God has given us. In Ephesians 2.8, it says this, 
We are seated with Christ. His kindness has been shown to us by grace. This means we're saved and we are becoming and have become God's poetry, his workmanship. We've become... It's, um, I had this picture of it being like uh, instruments playing together. This conversation that we're having with God is a poetry that's shared with him. He speaks, we speak. It's his workmanship through us. And, uh, you know, if I was trying to explain prayer in another way that might encourage us to think about it in different ways, I think it's a bit like breathing, really. So sometimes it can feel absolutely natural and we're almost unconscious of the fact that we're actually praying or being taking that time to be in God's presence and, and just resting in him. It can also be really focused. Prayer can be something that we choose to focus on in a way that can be like breathing on embers to bring something into light when we're praying for something to come into being, to be fanned into flame. Or it can be something where our breath is really focused and we're blowing something out that we realise that's going to cause damage, like a, a match that's about to light an unwanted fire. And we get to use our breath of prayer in that same way. It can be something that carries our worship, our prayer. And I think even tonight, as we have, have sung... Many of us were praying. It was part of our conversation with God, wasn't it? So it can also, as well as rise in that kind of worship and praise, it can also be the labouring groans that we experience in grief and birth. So our lungs are never meant to be fully empty. And we are never meant to be emptied of prayer completely. And I believe that's the gift that the Holy Spirit gives us to say that he indwelt within us in a sense is like air being in our lungs, is like prayer being within us and that ability to have the Holy Spirit who intercedes on our behalf, who takes our, like Sophie was saying, sometimes it feels like I don't have lots of words, but the Holy Spirit takes that to God and says, you know what she really means is da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And God goes, yeah, that's it. There's nothing that can separate us from that close presence with God. And I think about the way, you know, God allowed that thick curtain in the temple to be torn from top to bottom when Jesus Christ died as the symbol to us so that we would know there's nothing that stands in the way. I mean, it's an awful thing, isn't it, if you've ever had the experience of not being able to take a breath if you have ever had that time of feeling something's stopping you being able to breathe, whether it's that you've had asthma and you've had your lungs restricted or you've been under the water swimming too long or you've been one of those children who tried to hold their breath so long. But that experience of not being able to breathe is a horrible thing. But I believe that that symbol of Christ cutting that curtain top to bottom was to be like being able to suddenly burst through and go <gasps> and take a deep breath as if we've been holding, 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 holding and suddenly there's fresh air and we can walk out into it and go, thank God, I can breathe again. And to me, that's what prayer is and the gift that Christ gave us that we, we didn't... It could be our own breath then 
as well as a shared experience and a shared breath. So I wonder how you gasp for air in your daily life. I look through the scriptures and I find extraordinary invitations to different ways of praying. And I love them all and it really helps me. So I actually, I really love prayers that other people have written and I love that there are prayers that for centuries people have said together or have, that I even know tonight, there's someone around the world who will be praying the Lord's Prayer with other Christians, alone, wherever they are. I know those words are being spoken somewhere and somehow to me that is very uh, centering and it brings a sense of that there are, there are people who believe and hold to the same belief that I do in God, and I'm grateful for that, that, that ca- those things and those prayers of others have been carried through centuries and given to us by Christ. The Lord's Prayer was given to us by Christ as a way to pray. pray. But even other people's prayers um, have been really meaningful to me. I look through the Bible and I see those prayers of gratefulness, but I also see them in life. I see them in the gratefulness of children who close their eyes at a family table and say grace, which to some people seems incredibly simplistic, but still remains for me something worthwhile saying thank you for the simple thing of food and the people who made it. It seems to me that that's a place to start if you've never started before. There's joy-filled thanks that I find in people's prayers. There's declaration of power and a longing for miracles. It can be heard in a cry for help and the common tones of prayers that have resonated through our scriptures, through all of history. Abraham's compassion for the one. Moses' arms being raised by his friends for prayer in battle. Job's wrestle with suffering. David's anxiety, his confession and his prayers for himself and others. Intercession, warfare, silence, waiting, blessing, they're all held in prayer in the scriptures for us to discover and to try ourselves. Prayer can be thought, it can be spoken, it can be screamed out, it can be silent, it can be standing or kneeling, it can be with other people or it can be alone. All is with God. All of it. So I don't actually think there's a right or a wrong way to pray. And tonight I'm not going to give you a model to pray by. There are insights that we can gain, like we just have from each other. And there are insights in the scriptures. And then there's you and your God and the way you want to talk with him. I have found some insights from other people helpful and I thought that I might just read some for us together and a couple of things from some books and then I thought we'd have some time to be able to pray and to pray in the way that you would like to. So we'll leave lots of space for that. So one of the things someone said to me, which I found really helpful, was, um, you know, people say that answered prayer is just coincidence. They said, but... It just seems to me that I just don't have any coincidences that happen in my life if I stop praying. Um, Corrie ten Boom 
was a woman that you may know her story. She helped Jewish people during the war and she ended up in prison herself. And um, her faith and her story has kind of been told again and again throughout generations and people are nodding and saying, yes, I know her story. Um, she talks about faith, but she also talks about prayer. So she was asked, why did you keep praying when things became so dark, when you were imprisoned and that looked like you were going to die there? And she said, when a train goes through a tunnel and it gets dark, you don't throw away your ticket and jump off. You sit still and trust the driver. Um, Rob was, Robert was speaking, we were chatting about um, Jackie Plunger the other day and her ministry in Hong Kong. And, um, and there was an interview that some of you may have seen because it was put up on Facebook recently. And one of the questions she was asked, because the, Jackie Plunger's ministry, if you don't know, which still continues today, is drug addicts in Hong Kong are um, given the opportunity to give their lives to Jesus. They come off drugs, heroin, quite strong drugs, <laughs> um, basically cold because people are praying for them 24-7 as they come off. And um, Rob was talking about a friend who had worked there and, I, and I've personally had the opportunity to visit so I've actually seen what medically I would call is quite a miraculous thing to see someone coming off heroin without any side effects at all. Um, but we are, when you're there, you're asked to pray for them continually and... Um, this person interviewing her said, is it a prerequisite that people coming to, um, to your ministry are able to pray in tongues? And she said, well, no, not really. I just don't know anyone who can pray in their own language for more than four hours. Do you? <laughs> and I think, you know, it's a wonderful way of saying it. it's a great gift to be able to speak in tongues and, I, um, and to pray in tongues. And I have found that I get to the end of myself pretty quickly. And, you know, I, I'm a person, I'm a girl who has a lot of words. But when I'm praying for someone and I don't know, I don't know what else to pray, honestly, then there is the Holy Spirit. And I have, I've been so grateful that there are sounds that you can still make with your mouth that may not make sense to you, but make a great deal of connection with your heart and heart of God. So um, I, again, believe that the Holy Spirit takes those groans that we can have that can somehow come out in something that sounds like another language to the throne room of God. And we're told in the scripture that it's like incense coming up before God. And incense doesn't have anything to do with words. It has everything to do with the fragrance and a connectedness and being in presence of, to me. And something that can fill a room more than a word can. So I, um, I have been encouraged by those sort of comments and, and the things that people have said here. I'm really grateful for, um, for the fact that I, I know people here who will pray without ceasing. There's that type of prayer that we would call intercession and prayer, prayer on behalf of others. And I know that some of you have, have prayed and prayed and prayed. And at times you've seen incredible breakthrough or healing for someone. And at other times you've prayed and prayed and prayed and you haven't. And um, sometimes we can find that heartbreaking and we give up. 
and I remember we have a beautiful family and, and they have given me permission to share their story. Family that have who joined us quite a while ago and their little girl um, died from an un undiagnosed brain tumour that pushed on a vessel and she had a huge cerebral, cerebral hemorrhage. And um, they were away on holidays in Queensland and our church prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed that she would live. And, um, and they brought her body back, her little body, for the funeral. And there were people in the church who asked if they could go and pray that she would be raised from the dead and lay hands on her little body. And the family allowed them to do that. She wasn't, and we buried her. And um, I said to that family and to those people who prayed, is that not so heartbreaking? Does it want to make you give up on God and everything else? And they said, why would we give up on God? It meant everything to us that these people loved us enough that they prayed and prayed and prayed. And it meant so much to us that they were brave enough that something that they saw in the scripture, they might want to give a go for us. They might want to try that for us and our little girl. And you know what? Um, and the people who went and prayed and prayed for that little girl to be raised from the dead, I, I watch them now. They, they haven't given up. <laughs> so they, they are just the most faithful prayers. And I'm just like, wow. And they've seen breakthroughs in other places and other times they haven't. But gosh, it was inspirational to me in that moment to, re to remember that a lot of it is about what is happening to us and within us when we're willing to pray for others. So there is that type of prayer that's intercession for other people, as well as the type of prayer that's being in the presence of God, as well as the type of prayer that is seeking, um, seeking breakthrough and warfare and the stamping of the feet and deciding that Satan can't win. I can remember um, being, in a, being in a meeting with people from all different countries and um, the people that were meant to be there from China had been stopped at the airport and were going to be imprisoned. We'd heard that. And so we had been asked to pray for them and this whole group of people just started, you heard them muttering and praying. And then the people, there was one group of people who honestly, they started howling. And they... Um, they were Messianic believers from Jerusalem. And, and I could just feel my skin kind of tingling with this extraordinary wailing. And I looked across and sitting opposite me was a very English gentleman. And I said to him, I wish I could pray for that. And he went, you're a British colony woman. You're never going to get there. I was just like, I'm glad they're doing it on our behalf. And I thought, there's the wailing wall and they know what to do. And Lamentations, when you read it, is all about wailing, about the grief that's in people's lives at that time. And I think it's extraordinary that we have that in Scripture. It's extraordinary that we have people in our world who are willing to pray with that intensity for people they've never met. That's a gift that you could give to people, if you, even if you don't know them. When we pray for our brothers and sisters who are suffering even today for Christ.
Um, I wanted to read, I thought most of you would probably have heard the name Philip Yancey. Um, he's written some great books that are very reflective on, different, on, on the way that we live and how we live out our faith. And I just thought this um, really spoke to me because I tend to live at such a fast pace and I take so little time to stop and reflect. Um, and I really appreciate it when people remind me to do that. And um, Bernie is someone who reminds me to do that in prayer, and he's a great prayer warrior. If you ever want to come early and stand by him and listen to his prayers, you'll be inspired. But it says here, I remind myself of what I deeply know, that my worth comes from God who has lavished love and grace upon me. In relating to an invisible God, though, without a determined effort, my thoughts of him slip away. Do your thoughts of God ever slip away? Phone calls, distracting things, fleeting images on television, the internet, they push aside my God consciousness. How can I keep from forgetting? How do I cultivate the belief that God himself lives within me, even as I forget that I'm present to him? While living in Africa, there was a guy called John Taylor who observed how Africans experience a sense of personal presence. In the West, he says, we converse with friends with our minds, partly on something else, and the friends soon notice that. Whereas in Africa, he would be working and a friend would enter the room, give a brief greeting, and squat down. So the missionary friend would get on with his chores while his visitor literally sat squatting there, simply sitting in his presence. A half hour or more would pass and then the visitor would rise and say, I have seen you and move on. He wanted no information, no conversation. It was shared presence. Tartler remarks that attention is the key to retaining this sense of presence. True attention is something where we self-surrender. The adult mind needs to be receptive, expectant, willing to receive creative insight, he says. And it would seem that the monastics knew how to practice this. They called it statio, which simply means stop. Stop one thing and take time before you start the next thing. Rather than rushing from one task to the next, pause for a moment and recognise the time between the times. Before dialing the phone, pause and think about the conversation the person on the other end. After reading from a book, pause and think back and think about what you've learned before you move on. After watching television, pause and ask if it contributed to your life. Before you read the Bible, pause and ask for the Spirit to bring something to attention. Do this often enough, and even mechanical acts become conscious, something that is becoming known as mindfulness recently. I find that if I take the time, he says, to pray, 
before beginning, before taking a task or looking at a chore, I get to express God's grace. So he says, we're really encouraged to do this from the scripture where it says to set your minds on what the spirit desires. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. It says in Philippians to place your mind on those things. Maybe we could stop for a moment in between our doings and take some time to become with Christ to pray, to absorb a new way of living that we could clothe our minds in this way, as Paul talks about. And then he says here, I try to quiet the clamour of my own self and create space for the quiet of God to enter. What matters most to God in prayer I am convinced, is my longing to know him. So, my challenge to us tonight is what is your greatest longing in prayer? And how, in this moment, could you give yourself to that type of a conversation, that kind of breathing, that kind of being that you could call prayer? I wanted to um, end, if you would allow me, with a, a prayer that I pray for us as a church and then something that's called a, a breath prayer and then there'll be time to be able to, to pray quietly by yourself, to turn together with someone and pray or I'm going to just put a few things on a table on the side and they can be things that could be things that you reflect on there's um, a book that I sometimes use that someone has written scriptures in a way that could be like God actually speaking to us personally. And you might like to look in that and a few other books. Or you might have something that's pressing on your heart that you've come with tonight that you'd like someone to pray for you about. Then we'd welcome you to the front to do that. Or there'll be supper that's outside at the end as well. But let me... Um, can I pray this. It's a, I think it's a beautiful prayer um, that was said for the Ephesians church. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name, and this church does too. And I pray out of his glorious riches that each one of us might be strengthened by you, Lord God, through your spirit in our inner beings, so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. And I pray that all of us would be rooted and established in your love, God, may have the power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is that love of Christ. And to know that love that surpasses knowledge that we might all be filled up to the measure of the fullness of God. And to you, Lord, who's able to do immeasurably more 
than I or we could imagine or ever ask. To you, who has the power that works within us, to you be the glory in this church, in all the church, in Jesus Christ, through all our generations forever and ever. Amen. Now, this might be a little sentence that you know. Be still and know that I am God. And I'm going to ask you to do with me. It's called, it's something that I sometimes end the day with and it's, really, it's a really simple thing and it helps you just to give each word of that to God. We just run it past ourselves and we don't always think about what it means. But we're going to say it and leave the last word off each time. So, be still and know that I am God. So, if you want to join me, we'll say it slowly together. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am. Be still and know that I. Be still and know that. Be still and know. Be still and. Be still. Be. So Lord Jesus, we enter this time to pray quietly, to have a conversation with you, in a perhaps a new way to what we've tried before, perhaps turning to someone else, Lord, I'd ask that our hearts would be open to hearing you in a new way, hearing you for each other, hearing you for ourselves, even maybe for our country or for another country. But Lord, I ask that your Holy Spirit would bless this time. Let it be like taking a fresh breath for each of us. In Jesus' name, amen. So why don't you turn to someone or find a quiet space or I'm just going to set up this little table or if you want prayer for something specific, please come forward and there'll be some of us who will pray here with you. Thank you.